Hi, welcome to the Emergence Playbook. Welcome to the Emergence Playbook. I'm Kevin Spain, and it's my pleasure today to welcome Ian Shaquille to the program. Welcome, Ian. Great to be here. Ian is the co-founder and CEO of Augmetics, which is an emergence portfolio company that we originally backed back in 2013. So it's been about three and a half years. <laughs> Time flies. <laughs> but uh, you know, Ian, it's it's great to have you here. And what I want to do today is just you know start with a, a little bit of background on you and on Augmetics. So what does the company do, and and what was your sort of impetus for for getting Augmetics started? Well, I've always been in healthcare my whole life. Uh, before going to business school at Stanford, I worked in cardiology with medical devices and in a variety of business and uh, engineering roles. And throughout my journey, I was just always faced with how difficult the lives of a doctor was. Um, doctors spent two, three hours a day typing, clicking on the computer. It was getting worse. They're drowning in the EMR. Um, I was just sort of ground zero witnessing these pains. And fast forward to, to about 2012, I had a unique opportunity to try on Google Glass, and I, I saw immediate applicability in the world of healthcare and with doctors. So uh, I dropped everything that I was doing, and my co-founder, Pelu, dropped out of medical school, and together we founded the first and the largest Google, Google Glass company with our mission to rehumanize the doctor-patient interaction. What does that actually mean? What does it, what does it do? So when, when a doctor wears glass, he can have a normal conversation the way you and I are speaking right now, and instead of spending the whole time clicking on the computer, the system, the, the cameras and microphones on glass are taking this conversation and it's putting it into structured data and completing the EMR record faster than the doctor could on his own. It's amazing service that you provide and you know, you're working with some of the largest health systems in the United States, which obviously indicates the amazing value you're delivering to them. Maybe you could talk a little bit about how you sort of quantify that value. What have you actually seen in terms of the, the ROI that Augmetics is delivering to its customers? Sure. There's really, I think about it in four ways. The biggest element of ROI is, is time saving. So we, we save a typical doctor about a third of his day, three hours, two hours a day, which is an astonishing feat. And oftentimes what the doctor will do at that time, they'll see more patients per day, they'll see more complex patients, they'll do population management. They'll reclaim and repurpose that time in all kinds of very important ways. Another thing we offer is a doctor satisfaction and delight. Doctors are, are increasingly burning out, leaving the profession, becoming part-time, and for all sorts of reasons. And we find that we help doctors rekindle their love for the practice. Happy doctors means better care. Uh, we also bring great benefits to the patient. We improve the do doctor-patient interaction quite a bit. And lastly, but importantly, we improve the note quality itself. Um, EMR records, when, when we're in town and doing our services, are much more thorough, robust, submitted faster. There's all kinds of benefits for the health systems and for the doctors for all this to happen. But the big one is really time savings, saving a doctor a third of their day. We've shown this time and again. We have about a dozen health systems now. You know, your Sutters, your Dignities, your CHIs, they're using and scaling Augmetics. And everywhere we look, we consistently see we save a doctor about a third of the day. Yeah, that's really incredible because doctors obviously are, are increasingly scarce, right? Their time is incredibly valuable. And so more free time when they're not doing documentation and they're actually seeing patients is, is real money and, and real patient satisfaction. So it's an amazing story. Now, you mentioned earlier that Augmetics, you know, sort of was born because you saw this great opportunity to use this new platform, which is Google Glass. Obviously, there are there are amazing advantages in using a new platform. You know, right. if you're one of the first, you can do things before mm -hmm. others. There are also got to be some interesting challenges right, associated with betting on any new platform, whether it's Glass or, or something else. Maybe you could talk a little bit about that. You know, tell me about 
you know, how you see the opportunities associated with making a bet on a new platform and some of the challenges. The opportunities are, many of them are at least pretty clear. You get to, do, you get to be the front runner, you get to engage customers first, craft the narrative and the story, define the space and um, be a pioneer. And there's so many benefits to doing that. The difficult challenge with Glass or any new platform, quite honestly, is um, you have to be ex extremely self-reliant and resourceful as a startup. You know, there's not 50 or 100 other well-funded companies solving this video streaming issue along with you or publishing o open source code on this module or that module. And you're, and the platform makers, be it Google or others, have limited bandwidth to support these nascent innovators and pioneers like Augmetics. So what does that mean? It means your Augmetics of the world, your pioneer platforms have to just carry a large burden of solving almost every problem and having contingencies and backups because no one else is going to solve these problems for you. This is not like designing a standard, a standard Android app for a, a Samsung Galaxy phone or anything like that. I, I see that as being true with pretty much any platform, uh, Google Glass and Augmetics. As it's maturing less so, but in the early days it was definitely a big challenge for us to overcome. Absolutely. It's interesting that a lot of these new hardware platforms we're finding certainly are starting more focused on the consumer realm, right? right yeah. Solving problems for consumers, whether it's something like Google Glass or you think about VR or you think about drones. But increasingly what we're finding, and obviously you guys are, are taking advantage of this, is <clears throat> there's some amazing enterprise opportunities that can be built on top of these platforms. And so I have to imagine when you're building an enterprise solution on top of a platform that's originally conceived of as a consumer platform, that that creates some of these challenges that you mentioned. Absolutely, uh, and I, I, I see so many parallels with other platforms and other spaces yeah. as well. It happens all the time. The level of, of what it means to be enterprise grade, it's astonishingly, I mean, it's a high bar. I mean, imagine a doctor. If, if there's any glitch, if there's a Wi-Fi drop, I mean, they're in the middle of seeing a patient, oftentimes in a life or death situation, and imagine how, time, how often you're consumer apps crash and you, you deal with issues and screen issues and what have you, and you just move on in life. And, and that's just sort of the level of consumer robustness that you're, you, ex, you come to expect, but it's not what an oil rig worker or a field repair person doing something urgent, or most certainly a doctor expects in an enterprise environment. So the level of, of service human resiliency and support as well as software and network resiliency and support is otherworldly. And, and quite honestly, that's an opportunity where a startup can fill the gap, basically. Part of really the ROI and, and the solution of, of Augmatics and what other people are doing is our ability to fill those gaps. Because certainly your, your hardware makers themselves are not going to. Right, you can fill those gaps and you can also, of course, <clears throat> point the platform makers themselves in the direction of how they can address those gaps in future versions of the product. Absolutely, like platform pioneers like like Google and others are are now becoming enterprise grade as they build out their roadmap. But if you want to be a true pioneer on the on the consumer first entry points, it takes a lot of elbow grease. Absolutely, betting on a new platform that's one way in which Augmetics is <clears throat> a little bit unique, you know, among among the crowd of of companies here in Silicon Valley. Another way in which Augmetics is unique is you know you've got a, a fairly operationally complex business, right? Yes. So. You perform this amazing service for physicians and for health systems. On the back end, to make sure all of that data gets entered into the medical record, you use a combination of technology and some labor, right, to make mm -hmm. it happen. Right. Very different from companies that are just selling software. So tell me a little bit about how you manage that operational complexity. For one, you need to hire incredible leadership with an operational edge and that's been there and done that before and, and make sure there's resiliency and redundancy, especially if you have multiple locations in multiple countries, which Augmetics certainly does. 
I think another key thing to get really invested in early on is what are your key operational metrics, making sure everything is documented in the same lingo, make sure you have really good documentation processes in, in general and sort of workflow management systems in general. I think it's tempting as a startup to just do hero moves to get things done early on, you know, 10 employees, 30 employees, we're all in the same room, we can kind of read each other's minds and respond to operational problems as they come up, but it sneaks up on you real fast when you uh, are past due for heavy investment in process documentation, workflow management, and um, strong operational leadership and redundancy on top of all of that. And uh, you can't possibly invest early enough on that. Founders in general should tend to invest earlier than is their natural intuition is my generic advice. Right. And I would say particularly when you're, you're building a mission critical system, what becomes a mission critical system for your customers, where essentially you're handling, in this case, important data that has to be entered by law into a medical record for every single patient that a doctor sees every single day. You just, you just can't fail. So that operational excellence is critical. Another thing we did, and I think this is somewhat emulatable, is create sort of microcosms of excellence and make sure they perform really well and then just scale that model specifically. So as you know, our human experts we call scribes that are doing a lot of the heavy lifting and work to make augmentics possible. In the very early days, we had pods of US-based uh, scribe teams doing this work. We did time studies on that, we perfected that. And then that was a model that we could then scale in other countries and ensure that quality and ratios and issues are sort of tracking towards the original model. Mm -hmm. I think if you try, if we tried and if other companies in their own ways tried to do everything all at once, you kind of don't know what good looks like and you're sort of fixing the car as it's moving more than you ought to be. And that's another thing I would highly advise. That's great. Every startup has its ups and downs, right? Every first time founder makes a few mistakes along the way. It's just sort of the nature of things. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about one mistake that's sort of top of mind for you that you've sort of made along the way at Augmetics and what you learned from it. I would just say the overarching tendency of mistake in Augmetics is, is just not hiring ahead of the need. Um, I think sometimes we have a tendency to hire to address the hole in front of you. But if I look back over the four years of doing this, um, you need to hire heavy, strong, stronger than what you needed and earlier than what you needed to predict the problems and where the puck is going. I endeavor to certainly steer the company to overcome that problem, but I, as I look out in Silicon Valley, I see that as being a very common sort of regrettable problem that founders perennially wish they would have done in the early days. Right, right. Makes sense. I mean, hiring is always just incredibly mission critical, but I'm with you getting way ahead of those really key hiring needs, key hires, I think yeah. is is super important. On the hiring point, um, everyone I, I think has their own sort of magic process or formula that they ultimately figure out that helps them identify and ultimately hire amazing people onto the team. What's yours? I mean, you, you've just done a great job hiring the best team that I've seen in the space. <laughs> we do a variety of things. For one, we, we test a lot for culture fit and mission drive. I mean, Augmetics is rehumanizing the doctor-patient's interaction and we're creating high-purpose jobs in countries that very much need them. We're doing so much good for the world in so many different ways. If we meet candidates and they're not lighting up, as we talk about these um, aspects of the business, it's a pretty strong indicator that they're just not gonna fit well in our culture. And we're also very international culture. We, we test for that. We're very flat culture. We test for that. We, we like to get people in a lot of different environments two-person interviews, one-person interviews, just see how they play in all these different contexts. And we're very carefully monitoring for culture fit. And a lot of the times when hires haven't worked out, it's been because of that. 
it's also a sales point as well. As you assessment, assess for culture fit, you the ones that are good, strong culture fits know that you are and are sort of captured into your mission and it's and it helps you land them. Other aspects of, of, of things that we've done to, to land incredible talent, we try to get a diversity of perspectives, I think. A lot of companies, you know, one person falls in love, they advocate really hard and they bring someone in and then you find out about problems and misfits later. But I, I think that we have a much more consensus-based hiring approach and we have a lot more um, different voices at the table. And uh, I strongly believe that you know, getting a, a diversity of people up front to assess candidates. We even involved in some cases board members and involved customers to give us opinions on this person, this candidate, especially if they're a key candidate. And I've learned a lot from other differing viewpoints, and I strongly suggest that. Thanks, Ian. I really appreciate your joining us today. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Emergence Podcast. For more thoughts from Emergence Capital please visit playbook.mcap.com and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Thanks, and you stay sassy.